Hello, Talbot Village. This is the Talbot Village podcast. I'm joined with my co-host, Joad. Hey, everyone. And today we are joined by another fellow resident, uh, Dan Bro. Dan is a commercial insurance broker with NFP. Dan, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, our pleasure. We've uh, we've been hearing, um, you know, long-time listener, first-time guest, and I think um, long-time listener, I don't know, we're, we're on about, what, month and a half, two months now? Yeah, about that. Almost there. Something like that. It's been a good uh, good success overall. We've had some great conversations. Um, we just chatted with uh, Chris Burton last week, and um, looks like we've got a couple of more lined up as well, so please reach out if you'd like to come on. Whether again, it's for educating uh, the neighborhood in your your industry, or you got um, a business you'd like to you know share and, and promote, by all means, we'll have you on and chat. So, Dan, um, we were just shooting, you know, kind of shooting the shit off the offline here. Um, we discovered insurance agent, insurance broker, not the same thing as the real estate or mortgage industry. That's right. Yeah. So interestingly enough, so you mentioned that an insurance agent, specifically somebody tied to a, a company, whereas a broker truly brokering with multiple yeah. different companies. Yeah. So if, for example, like an agent, your cooperators guys, your Allstate guys, TD Bank, RBC, they're all agents. Right. They strictly represent that company and their products. Whereas a broker, we represent whatever insurance companies are contracted with our brokerage. Okay. So I, right now I have access to 33 insurance companies across Canada to get insurance for customers. Okay. So, so it's like the mortgage side then as yeah. well. We, we're just different in that, you know, whether you're an agent or a broker, we still have access. We have access currently in our brokerage to 51 lending options, but it's the same, it's, it's, it's interchangeable. So it's something that Jawad and I just learned. We yep. assumed it was very much, it's the same in the real estate because you guys as agents in real estate, it's- Yeah, agents and brokers are able to do the same thing for the clients. The only difference is if you're a broker, there's a certain educational aspect to it that you have to do. And then it opens up an avenue for you if you want to broker your own brokerage, like open up your own office or yeah. start your own yeah. sub brokerage kind of thing. Um, then you need to be a licensed broker. But in terms of value, uh, I might piss a lot of people off if I say this, but in, in, ter <laughs> in terms of value added or in terms of what you're able to do to clients, it's kind of more or less the same thing, right? Yeah, I think in yeah. the, the, the um in the insurance industry, an agent, they're going to give you a product out of their, you know, their bailiwick of what they have at TV or whatever. Yeah. Whereas if that same person comes to me, I'll might have 10 or 12 different options for them. So, so let me, let me ask you this. Okay. Essentially, one thing that separates you from an agent is having multiple options. Do you have a different relationship with a client that say someone who works at TD might? So if someone that works for TD is, his obligation is to promote today's products. Yeah. How do you, how, how does that differentiate you from them? I don't, I, my job is the client. Okay. And making sure that the client's protected. So, so if I look at a client and I say, well, you need property insurance, you need auto insurance, you need this, I will provide that to them, give them choices and options. Yeah. It may not be an off the shelf product. Right. I may have to customize it for them. Interesting. So it's it's really I working with the clients and understanding their unique needs right. and working with them on that. Whereas with TD Bank or Allstate, you're going and buying your homeowners and your car <clears throat> and it's off the shelf product. 
That's all it is. Interesting. So I, right. I, this, this, is, this, is, this is my little nugget here because, you know, it's not always about the cheapest policy then. No, it's about it's what you not. get with it, and it's about wow. who protects your interests. Exactly. Exactly. Sales, exactly. man. Hey, man. <laughs> He's done this before, this guy. Right. Yeah, because it, and it, this is the funny thing about the industry is you're, you give somebody, you ask somebody to give you money on a promise that we'll pay a claim if right. something happens. And in return, I give you this nice stack of paper. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've never read one, but, right. but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm probably the only twisted mind that has actually read them. But, and, and that's it. That's the transaction, right? And where the rubber meets the road is when you have a claim. Right. Okay. And that's where we step in and that's where we're, where the differentiator, or di- differentiator from us to an agent is. Interesting. Is, that's where we come into play. Okay, uh, you know, I wasn't going to go down this road yet, but you're, you're kind of touching on it. So when you said the rubber hits the road when we start a claim, so everybody always knows how insurances work, or at least they have that 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 ill-conceived notion of, well, shit, I got to file a claim. Yeah. Now they're going to find a reason not to pay me. So I've been there. I've had. Yeah. I've, I've dealt with insurances. Was well? Did you properly mention this? Did you happen yeah. to? And so, in your experience, because again, I'm. You know, I'm, a th- I'm a complete third party. I don't do insurances at all. <laughs> I've had very little experience having to submit claims myself. But in your experience, do you find most companies do tend to try and find? Is it like you know tooth and comb? Okay, was everything presented exactly the way it was supposed to, so that we can pay out the claim appropriately? Or is it a pretty much agreement? You know, fair to say that what I signed on for should be paid out. Is there something in the middle of the ground there, sir? Or in the 25 years I've been doing this, I have only ever had two clients have claims denied. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's, and, that's actually very surprising. Yeah. And that is the biggest, I believe, in my opinion, and a lot of this is my opinion, um, is a differentiator between a broker and an agent. The broker is, if I make a mistake, I lose my license, I can pay heavy, heavy fines. Absolutely. And I may never get my license back again. An agent can go from company to company and move around. They just get fired. Yeah, and it's the same thing in the mortgage industry yeah. as well, right? So somebody like like myself as a mortgage agent, mortgage broker, versus somebody that works at TD exactly like yourself. Yeah. When when when, a, when an individual makes a, um, a mistake at the bank, they have the bank to protect themselves. Yeah. Right, and then they hop on to the next bank. So exactly the same yeah. way. Yeah. So I'm actually I'm very surprised that you because it. And again, it's 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 not um, some sort of um, decision that I've made or, or just I've come to some sort of conclusion from personal experiences. But a lot of people will often say insurance companies will always find ways to try and back out. Yeah, right. Well, and that's the thing is, and people think too is that I bought this insurance policy. I banged up my car. I'm going to get a brand new car. No, you're not going to get a brand new car. You're going to get the value that, of the car right. that it was at the time of the accident. Right. Yep, the same okay. thing goes with your house or your office building or your construction equipment mm-hmm. or whatever it is. It's not intended to make you better. It's intended to make you whole. Replacement value. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I think the biggest key here is we talked about this offline. It's the education part of it. That is. That is. It's someone part. who actually walks you yeah. through it and explains what's included in the policy and what's yeah. not and which you should yeah. sort of say and what you should not as opposed to just buying something off the shelf yeah Yeah. like i have a lot of clients that have large fleets of vehicles 
and we'll sit through and we'll go anything 2015 and older yeah. we're not going to insure for physical damage there's okay. no point there's no value to it that's interesting because these guys are carrying five thousand dollar deductibles on stuff yeah. the car's not even worth five thousand bucks right but when he rolls in with a brand new Freightliner truck right it's a 2023 that's worth two hundred and fifty thousand bucks yeah you want that's insure getting that. fully insured right Right, and that's kind of the difference between the two, is looking at what the exposure is and then customizing the product for them. Interesting. Yeah. So in terms of commercial, so when you said commercial, obviously you're not doing residential houses and and you know automobile policies. What do you what do you what's your what's your bread and butter for business? So commercial insurance would essentially fall into everything from Joe's Corner Store. Yep to big giant fortune 500 companies okay and everything in between interesting yeah as it, it's obviously an insurance specifically on um property and, and assets there's, there's no additional do you guys offer any additional insurance on whether it be um, income protection or anything like that yeah as well yeah so we can do with so if i take an average client of mine they may have property insurance, liability. We'll have crime insurance, cyber liability insurance, directors and officers, business interruption, boiler and machinery, and the list can go on depending on what they do and their exposures that they have. And then the complexity comes into play as their business becomes more complex. Right. Your insurance package you get for the corner store, you can literally get it in like 10 minutes. But the insurance you're going to get for maybe a bad example, Rogers Communication might be significantly <laughs> different. Oh, Rogers. Right? <laughs> anybody anybody listening have had uh, any issues very, with Rogers? It's a very sensitive topic. <laughs> it's a very sensitive Yep. <laughs> Let me tell you this, though. I switched the bell, and it took me three days to go back to Rogers. I don't know what the hell happened. I, I upgraded my internet. I went to fiber. I, like, I did the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. Somehow my internet's worse. So I'm going back. I don't... It's I don't the drugs. It's, <laughs> it's the honestly, drugs. You know what? I, you know what, Colin? Honestly, we've been Roger's clients. My wife and I have been Roger's clients for, oh my God, 20 odd years, if yeah. not longer. Yeah. And before that, we were with Bell. Okay. And... It was a horrible, horrible experience. They're both bad. They, they, are, they are both, <laughs> they both suck. Yeah. One's worse than yeah. the other. <laughs> I love how this went from uh, from talking about Daniel's oh, business to, but, you know, to just I, ripping the Rogers and Bell. I work from home. I need my internet. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. I, right? I'm the same way. So, yeah, but, we, were, we, were, we were blown away by it. I know that a lot of people, a lot of, I'm sure a few you know, of our listeners have their qualms with, uh, with Rogers as well, but... I don't know. Everybody promised me Bell 5, you know, you can't get better internet. And I'm telling you, my internet somehow for like half a gig more of download speed or whatever the hell they sold me, my internet's worse. So <laughs> I, I just, I threw my hands up. Um, yeah, so Dan, you mentioned, so you, you've been doing this, let's see how good my memory is, 24 years. And a half. Yeah. Don't forget the half. <laughs> you forget the half. <laughs> I forget the half. Shit. Uh, 24 years, and it was it like specifically commercial you've done all 24 years? 
Yes. And a half? Yeah. <laughs> I did a stint in, in management and running a, the operations of a brokerage and had to deal with personal line stuff. Yeah. But other than selling it, no. I haven't had to deal with selling personal insurance. Okay, so you're fully remote. Yep. And so I guess similar, well, not, not similar to Joad, realtors have to, you know, move around and meet people in drive. person. <laughs> guys like Dan and I, we, get, we can sit behind remote. Oh, I'm all over the place. Oh, do you? Still? Oh, yeah. Okay, so guys like me, yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm the <laughs> one that doesn't move around. Oh, this week I was in Cambridge, oh, Milton. Yeah. Uh, the week before I was in Peterborough, Stony Creek. Okay. I have clients all over Southwestern Ontario. And you, is so, this just to do, you know, just present or, or, or sign in, in, in person? Or what's the reason for moving around? Um, it, it's just a human touch. Okay. It, it's, it's, I, you know, in, with technology and that, I think everyone's become a little segregated from seeing other human beings. I love this guy already. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I'm sure. You know, when you've got clients paying hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in insurance premium, you get... Yeah, yeah. It should show up once or twice. Yeah, and interestingly, for like the longest time, so for my, my first, I want to say five, five or so years in, in the business, I was really, really big on having everybody come to my office. So I've got, I've got a beautiful office downtown, and I pay a good premium to have that office for myself and my assistant, and I thought it was critical have everybody come into my office, make that connection, get to know them, really put a face to the name. Yeah. And slowly as, you know, more and more um, digital services became available in an industry, I was, I was playing around with them and I started offering clients to say, hey, you know what, we can go over your, your signing package in person, come into my office, or I could send it over to you via DocuSign, provide you a breakdown, yeah. what would you prefer? 90% of clients, so I don't know if it's a me problem, but like 90% of clients just would take the DocuSign out and approach. I said... <laughs> Is it me holding on to like that old school, you need to sit with clients and have that relationship, right? Or is it just that we've gotten to an age where people just don't care for that sit down anymore? So I'm, I, I had a, a, a meeting today. In my I office. don't want to see my mortgage guy. Apparently we're super boring. I'm it's sorry. Just, it's, not, it's, not, it's just the, the transition that we're going through right but now. It's the age don't group. take it personally. It's the age I, group. I, yeah, I for really sure. believe it's the age group. There are, I, you know, a lot of consumers now are doing their research beforehand. Yes. Before they even yeah. think about doing anything. Yeah, absolutely. And in a lot of cases, they know a lot more than you may know when they're walking in because they have the upper hand. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think it's just a sense of just getting it done, getting it over with and moving on. Which I appreciate to an extent, but I, I'm I'm a, I'm a chatty guy, very oh, yeah. social. Yeah. I have, like I said, I had I had a client in my office today. And she she said I want to come in and meet you face to face, but again, she was in her sixties. Yeah. All like my average client is probably thirty to forties. With you yeah. know, I've got some fifty year old, sixty year old clients as well. Anybody, I would say for them on average, like forty and under, just don't want to come into the office. Yeah. And I, I like my door is open. Come into the office. We'll chat. You know, it's I, I, I like it. Yeah. Jawad, you, you don't have a choice. You you I mean you, you could never well, could, could you? Could you could you technically sell a house without ever meeting somebody in person? Dan mentioned something nice and, and it was very smart and it depends on the age group. Right? I, I've had friends who were my age group who've bought houses and they've never talked to their realtor. They've never seen the property in person. They've never actually, like, they just didn't want to. They didn't have the time. They just said, yeah. you know, send me pictures. 
walk me through the paperwork, I'm done, yeah, show yeah, me where to right. yeah. But then to touch upon the age group of sort of the 40 and beyond, they want you to go over there in person and they want you to go through the paperwork and I enjoy doing that, right? Um, Would you say nine, like nine, eight or nine times out of 10 are you like that? Oh, 100%. 100% of the time. I've never, so I've been, I've been in this business for four, four and a half, four and a half, I got you. <laughs> four and a half <laughs> years. Um, I've never done, um, that first time is critical that first touch to go through everything, yeah. I've never done anything remote, even during COVID. Interesting. Yeah, like, I'm, uh... I've, 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 it, it came down to a point where, because sometimes we have sensitive conversations with clients, yeah. drop in price, or not. Sure. I, I know over the past years we never really had that, but I mean, it's, it's coming back now. Yeah. Um, and it depends, once you get to know your client well, you know if that client responds better if you have a phone call or a Zoom call or an in-person call. I've had a client who was selling his house in London and they had to stay with family in Waterloo. I drove to Waterloo to have that conversation with them because I knew they would respond better if we were in person because of that human touch yeah. as opposed to me just sending an email or picking up the phone call uh, the phone and saying, yep, this is not working. Let's do this price because it's, right, yeah. it's an emotional thing, right? So yeah, it, it, it depends on the client. Well, I think too, if you set the expectation with yeah. Like I've asked clients, I said, how many times a year do you want to see me? And some have said, that some have said three, four, five times a year. Some have said once or twice. Others have said, I really don't want to see you at all. <laughs> and maybe it's because they think that all insurance brokers are like used car salesmen. No offense to used car salesmen. <laughs> <clears throat> so I, yeah, I think it's just the, it's the personality. It's the person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'd like to think that I think maybe it's just, it's really the mortgage side because I, I'm probably 95% virtual in the last two years. And when given the option, people just don't seem to care. But I think mostly for me, it's because, so my meeting today, for instance, was a standard meeting, but it was about an hour and 10 minutes and we went over a lot of detail. And the first thing she says is, can you send it all to me over email after? Because it's a lot of, it's a lot of information to digest. Sure. We're going over numbers and you know, whether it be the, the specifics of this mortgage or the strategy with this. And it's, it's a lot to, for, for the average person to just sit there and think, okay, I get it. Yeah. Whereas if I send it in a well-detailed email and, and, and a package, it's easy to sit there, have a coffee and, and digest it. So I think when it comes to going through that in person, maybe in my world isn't, I guess, the best. But anyways. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think it depends on what clients see as value too. Right? So for some people, yeah. the value is just seeing the document. For some people, the value is you walking them through everything and walking yeah. through the paperwork and you know, providing that service, one-on-one service yeah. throughout the year and whatnot. It just, I guess, it comes out of the client. I, I give great uh, client handshakes and hugs, so I always thought that... <laughs> I've never gotten a hug yet. Maybe that's why my meetings have gone down in person. I, I can't, I can't <laughs> attest to the hug. I haven't gotten one yet, but handshakes, yes. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, so Dan, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about who Dan is? How long have you been in the village? Oh, my. What's your family we've, like? Um, <clears throat> we've lived in the village now for almost 12 years. Nice. Okay. So one of the, the originals. Phase? Yeah. Phase, is that phase two? Yeah, so ours, our house is just at the end of Tillman. Okay. Uh, at, at Settlement. So I remember when we moved in, there was... One beside us, nothing on the other side, nothing behind us, nothing in front of us. Nice. And it all just went in as we were here, living here. Yeah. And seeing the, the neighborhood develop. 
So and it's yeah, it's taking. I think they're gonna rock. What are they wrapping around back to rally right? Phase yeah. phase six and seven. I think they're I think they're going all the way out to pack. Or sorry, not pack, but Boswick and coming back down, right? Is that the plans? I think so, yeah. I think that's what it was. Cause yeah. I, so I was the last house on Rally. I had the, the farm field and, and the... It was the farm fields and just the open fields behind yeah. me. And I think before we decided to look at buying, I think I saw the renditions came all the way around. So they were going to connect into Rally again. Which might... I don't know. It's going to be... By that time, like those houses are going to be 15 years old. and you're gonna, Are you going to connect a... You know, a brand new house to fifteen-year-old houses. Is that, the, is that the plan? You're the real estate guy. Is that? We'll, we'll, is that we'll, we'll talk off air. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All I know is that <clears throat> zoning in London is a little odd. It's sometimes. a little. It's a lot odd. Because you go into a development, into a neighborhood, and you've got <clears throat> high density residential or light commercial. And then as you progressively get deeper into the neighborhood, it gets from high density to medium and then to low. Right. And then residential, light residential, that kind yeah, of Yeah, but we all know how, how zoning could easily overturn because that's exactly why we moved to where we are now is because when we bought our home, it was, it was light to medium residential zone, whatever it was. And we knew that the t- our realtor explained to us, here's the type of homes that could be built. And then they put in the application to have that changed to medium to commercial. Anyways, they, it was to the point where they could actually start building higher, like medium high rises. And of course, we wanted to overturn it. But the problem with overturning zoning when they're putting in commercial and, and, and units and things of that nature, it's a ton of tax dollars to the city. Yeah. You really yeah. think 15 houses are going to overturn the city? No, they're no. not. So and, and they're planning this stuff out like decades almost. Absolutely. Ahead of yeah. when they actually put a shovel in the ground. So it's it's frustrating as you know being in the neighborhood seeing something, you know, pop up at the end of the street and say, what are they putting in there? Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. and wondering well how how is this going to affect the neighborhood? What's it going to do? And at the end of the day, you can't really do much about it. No, you can't do anything because it's been planned, signed, sealed, delivered, and yeah. it's ready to go. They'll send you. They'll send you something in the mail. And say, "Hey, come, come to this meeting and voice your concerns." You can concerns. object. <laughs> you can object. Yeah, they'll happily take it. Yeah. Well, thank you. We'll give you a water bottle on your way out, and that's about it. And they'll put it in the file and move on. Yeah, I was there. We, tr- <laughs> we, we tried. It was on deaf ears. Did we? Uh, did we want to depose Dan right now and put him on the spot? Yeah, you. Yeah, it's your favorite favorite part of the podcast. That's my favorite part of the podcast. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna you know as as we're sort of, you know, coming to a close and wrapping this up. We're going to do some rapid fire questions. 20 questions. No, five. Woo! <laughs> 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 All right, good. All right, so uh, question number one. What's, yep. the, uh, what's the one skill or talent that you wish you have that you don't currently possess? Well, that's a tough one. I'll let you brew on it for a minute. <laughs> oh, man. Actually, I wish I was better with technology. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> I've got, excuse me, I've got an Apple Watch, AirPods, my phone, my laptop, and all that stuff. And I'm like, well, how do I move this from here to that from there? <laughs> yeah, well, that's all of us, though. Yeah, that's all of us. Yeah. 
I think my two and a half year old taught me a couple of things on my phone that I did not know existed. But I mean, I, I think I did it by mistake, you know? Oh, no, they knew what they're doing. <laughs> well, yeah, my they're, kids know exactly what they're doing, and they're yeah. far superior at it than I am. Yeah, my one-year-old, she loves, um, she loves my watch, my Apple Watch as well, and she's, uh, like, she's unlocked or done like, things with like, features on my watch that I'm like, how the hell did you do that? Yeah, exactly. That's really cool. I don't know how you did that. I'm trying to retrace her steps, and I have yeah. no idea how she's done it. Yeah. Dan, um, what's the uh, best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Um, I got you thinking oh, today. <laughs> like a model you live by. Two, or... two, um, uh, uh, two words, yes, dear. That's about it. <laughs> How can a married man? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. But we <laughs> we bicker. <laughs> typical, right? But yeah. I think I should do more yes, dear, probably. is probably a smarter okay. thing to do. I mean, it's not always rainbows <clears throat> and butterflies, right? I mean, you have right. to... You know, have some fun. <laughs> I have to listen more, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all we've all experienced that. Yeah. I mean, what? Um, what is the one movie that no matter when it's on, you'll sit down and watch it, and you won't change the channel? Um, that's tough because I have a few favorites. Okay, why don't you tell us the top two? Anything for John Wick. Is that Se- the, that's second, the second time? time. Second yeah. time. Who else brought up John Wick? Was that um, Tom? I believe it was Tom. Tom, if you're listening, you can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> and <clears throat> I, I don't know how I got into them a long time ago, but old war movies. Okay, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah we, we can agree yeah. on that. We can agree on that. Just all the old school actors and, you know, yeah. just watching them. Yeah. It just, any any yeah. in particular that, that stand out that, that just really hit home for you? Um, I always liked uh, Sean Connery in a lot okay. of the older movies that he was in. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if you want to go, like, I mean, the war movies, but I think we all know specifically what well, he was James Bond. Bond. I'm just, yes, like, just going to put it out there. <laughs> but now, was he the best Bond? Right? That's entirely different. We'll leave it up to the village to decide. Yeah. We'll leave it up to the village to decide. Awesome. Well, um, like we said, most people actually do make it. Those that listen, haven't listened to the podcast, we've been growing an audience. We appreciate it. And most people actually, I, I don't think, I think it's podcast more of like YouTube stuff. I find YouTube people tend to ta- taper off after two or three minutes. Most have actually endured through the full 20 plus minutes that listen to the podcast. So thanks for tuning in. Um, please reach out. Like I said, I think we have one, maybe two. I think two. I think we have two people that are still lined up. We want to get a couple more out here. Like I said, whether you own a business, you run a business, you've got industry knowledge, um, share something with the neighborhood, reach out to myself or Jawad. We'd be happy to have you on. And to the next.